Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to the show. I have Dale McLeod here with me. She is a shamanic artist. And today she's going to sh- tell us a story uh, of her experience. Um how she was called to shamanism, which led her to her first feature film. Welcome to the show, Dale. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) Me too. I can't wait to hear your story. And I'm just chomping at the bit because I know that we're really going to get into some great topics today. I love shamanism. I'm a shamanic practitioner myself. So this is it for me this it's is so cool yes. the best <laughs> topic right yes i mean yeah. that's it's been so nice to be to be meeting people who are on the same path lately um to to just share and like in the camaraderie of of, of how insane these journeys can be um i really my shamanic calling happened spontaneously um, seven years ago when I was living in Los Angeles. Um, I was like 22 or 23 years old and I had moved out to LA to really like chase my dream of fame and fortune and being an actress and all of that. And I ended up in this really toxic relationship with uh, a man. And I think it was, I, I define it more as like a trauma bond now that I can look at it in retrospect. I think that's really what it was. We were there to like show each other our wounds. And I was in a really dark place of depression and of also servitude to him. He was a white man, also an actor, a musician. And I just gave up all of my dreams to really serve him and to cook him dinner every night and to stroke his ego and I was just killing myself, really doing that. My spirit was slowly dying. And I was like so depressed and I felt so stuck and I couldn't understand what was going on. And a friend of mine came to visit me in LA who was on his way to Peru to to drink ayahuasca. And I had never heard of ayahuasca before. And he was telling me how it was like 10 years of therapy in one night and how it can really unlock creativity in someone and all of these amazing things. And I was like, fuck, I need this. I need, I need something like this. Like sign me up. I would love to do this. Um, and I found someone it's easy to find people who are doing this in California in Topanga Canyon. And they had, they were having a ceremony um, the following week. So I was like, cool, I'm signed up for this ceremony. It's happening next week. I go home And that night I started to feel like um, what I now know was my Kundalini awakening. And, uh, but at the time I couldn't understand why my body was like undulating and, and moving and dancing and twisting itself into all these different shapes. And then my hands would twist into these mudras that I had never seen before. And I started to feel like I was being inhabited by different spirits and I could feel them coming in and then coming out and I couldn't control it. And they would take over like my, my vocal box, um, my body movements, and they were speaking. And um, I was having like uh, visionary experiences and sort of downloading all this information from the cosmos. And I was like, what is going on? And it lasted all night. I was up all night. And this continued on for the rest of the week. I was like, I felt all of a sudden that I could speak to plants and I felt that I could speak to animals as well. And then the elements started coming alive. Like fire was a personality that was speaking to me and water was too, and the earth and just all of that. And so then the ayahuasca ceremony rolls around and I'm telling the um, administrator about what was going on with me. 
because I was like a little worried and I wasn't sure if these two things were going to like interact with one another. Um, and they were like, oh, you know what? The, uh, the ayahuasca medicine is like really powerful energetically. And this could be um, it just working on you preliminary before you even drink it. And I was like, okay. So I drink the ayahuasca. We have two ceremonies. Everything is beautiful. So healing. I'm not sure if you've ever um, drank ayahuasca before, but it's a really, it's a really intense, uh, very visionary experience. And um, after I left the ceremony, I just couldn't stop hallucinating. It was like that the medicine really exacerbated the symptoms that I was already having. And I started like just uh, gently, like just falling into hallucination and falling into like alternate states of reality and then into trance. And music was like this tool that would just bring me into alternate dimensions. And I started hallucinating um, like African deities of the ocean, like Yemanja coming to me. And I was like at the bottom of the ocean speaking with her, started hallucinating Kalima, the Hindu goddess of destruction and devourer of time. All these goddesses were appearing to me. And I was like, oh my God, I, I am one with the universe, <laughs> one with God. And like my mind is, it was just completely blown. And I didn't eat for, for 40 days. I didn't sleep for 40 days. I was like talking to myself. Um, and I ended up in the psychiatric ward uh, after 40 days of like complete and utter madness. And when, so my mom flew from Canada to LA to come and get me. And she talked to the doctors and she also has like a, a healing background in homeopathy. And she was really frightened by all of this, obviously. And, but she also didn't trust any antipsychotic drugs or all of that, like this is what the doctors were saying. They were saying, oh, she's had a schizophrenic episode. You know, she's having a psychotic break. Um, we're going to give her all this medication basically to stop all of this from happening. Um, and they sedated me for five days. And my mom just didn't, just didn't feel right to her. So we found this Native American Jungian psychologist who when we had told him about everything that had happened, he was like, oh, this is, a, this is classic shamanic calling. And he mentored me and he was also my therapist and he taught me about shamanism and that was what brought me back to sanity. And so we worked like that until the end of his life and he passed. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm being led by spirit. I'm communicating with my ancestors um, and I've, I've been learning Native American shamanism, but that isn't in my blood. I, my, my family comes from South Africa. My father is a Zulu and San man, and his heritage is rich with shamanic healing traditions. Uh, and slowly I started to realize that like, I needed to reconnect with my father's lineage because we had been estranged from each other for like 10 years. Like he left when I was really, really young. And I grew up in this very white, rural, conservative town in, in Alliston, Ontario. And I had no idea what shamanism was, like anything like that. And I really felt like I had, I had sort of like internalized, like, because I'm biracial and I was living with my, my white mother and I like needed to, I, I never wanted to embrace my African heritage because I thought that that was bad. And that would, that would get me beat up. Like my brother, my brother is darker skinned than me and he would be called the N word and, and beaten up all the time. And I was like, I need to be white now, you know, and I had just rejected anything that was African. And so this calling was really like, I need to heal this, my father's ancestral lineage. I need to go back to these uh, traditional healing practices that are in my blood that are speaking to me now. And so this film that I'm making, it's called Colored. And it's about going to South Africa to be initiated in my ancestral Zulu lineage. Um, and in this lineage, you need to undergo um, these initiations, which can last like six months, a year. I'm hoping it doesn't go that long because I have to go and live in the African bush with an African shaman and live in a mud hut and cook over an open fire, learn to do trance, learn about their plant medicines, um, do all their rituals and ceremonies and be fully initiated to move from being an apprentice into a practitioner. So yeah. is this coming up? Like <laughs> this, this is, is happening? This, this is happening very soon. 
soon. And it's actually happening sooner than I thought it would. So I've been like making all these plans to go and fundraising the money to make the film. And then all of a sudden I get this job in KwaZulu-Natal in the traditional lands where exactly where I'm going. So they're flat. I'm being flown there, being put up and being paid to go there. And then I think I'll, after I finish that job, I'll just go into my initiation. Whoa. You have to come back and tell us what happened. I know. I know. This is only the part one. (laughs) This is part one. I know. I know. So crazy. It's been a really, really deep and intense journey thus far. And the thing about African shamanism and in my lineage, they say that if you don't follow this path, like if you reject this shamanic calling, your life will never work. You won't be able to make any money and your relationships don't really work. And just things aren't aligned until you take on this role. But most people resist it because it is the calling of the wounded healer. And your life is no longer yours because you're there to serve your ancestors and this, this higher goal. Um, and it can be really, really difficult. So I think I, I resisted it for a long time, but now I'm like, I am so ready. I'm so ready to like re- reclaim this practice, you know? And I think that there are others out there like me who have had um, intense awakenings like this that can be misinterpreted as um, schizophrenia mm-hmm. or, or psychotic episodes. And not everyone has um, an advocate or a mentor who can lead them into this shamanic way of life, especially because in the West and mo- in most colonized places, uh, shamanism was considered witchcraft and people were literally burned alive for, for practicing anything other than the colonizer's religion, which was Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, and that happened on almost every continent. I'm so- actually right now working on, I know this sounds kind of morbid, but I'm working on those lives where I was burnt to death. Because oh. I do it. have a feel of fear of fire. Mm. Um, and I did a soul retrieval on myself and it was the best soul retrieval I have ever done wow. on myself. Cause I felt fantastic afterwards. Wow. Yeah. So you really, that, that I, I love hearing that because that means that you were, that your being was in a safe enough place to call those splintered parts back to you. Yeah, it's like, um, do you do shamanic journeys and yeah. um, silver tables? So when I went into the tree of life, I said, I want to go find those pieces of myself where I burnt to death. Wow. And there's a voice in the tree said, are you sure you want to do this? <gasps> oh, my gosh. That and I <laughs> deep shadow work. And I said, yes, I'm doing it. Wow. And I went into three different lives and it's like I walked into the event and saw myself and rescued myself out of it. And um, there was one where I was getting burnt as a witch and I climbed to the top of these rocks and I came to myself and I started pulling off the ropes and freeing her and and I was, I was like angry in that divine feminine anger. And I just screamed. Yes. I said to all of the murderers, I said, leave. Yes. And I have never done that Banished in a them. journey or wow. soul travel, but it was like my voice just wow. echoed through the yes. dimensions. And I was like, leave. And they all scattered. Yes. So I came out of that. <laughs> wow. The power in that. So oh. empowered. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. I've never had anything like that. That sounds really cool. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it would be horrible, right? Like, I'm go, uh, remember how I got burnt to death, but Whew. it was really powerful. And if you find that if you have a fear, and mm. usually that fear doesn't have an explanation. It mm. has to do with something that happened to you in another life. And you're bringing that fear into this incarnation. Mm-hmm. And you have to go and heal it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, those pieces were still there. Wow. Rescue, rescue yourself. Wow. This reminds me of like that movie Interstellar where he like gets sucked into a black hole and then he's like in a memory. It's just like, it's also like circular. Like it's amazing how you can go into that, into the past like that and then free it. And then like, I'm wondering like what alternate universe are now feeling the reverberations of that healing as well, because that wasn't, that's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So like journeying, I think is, is like, you're time traveling. Mm-hmm. You're going to different timelines. Mm-hmm. Have you ever journeyed? And this happens to me a lot when I journey and I've done almost 60 wow. to date. I write every single one down. Um, I did one today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just doing this constantly right now. <laughs> I mean, we've got the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm, I just mm-hmm. absolutely love it. It's like a a meditation that you do, but there's a process. Mm-hmm. You have the the drumming pulls you in, and you just allow the story to unfold and the mm-hmm. characters, the beings to show up. But my question was, have you ever gone into a journey and you know you meet these guides or these people mm-hmm. that help you or animals? they take you to the next place or they say, follow me. Or have you ever asked them um, what year it was? Oh, no, I've never asked that. And have you ever gone into a situation, a journey where they look like they've been waiting for you? (gasps) Yes. And they recognize who you are. Have you ever asked them, how long have you been waiting for me? No, I never think of asking that. (laughs) (laughs) So this happened a couple of times where you would get like the medicine man or woman or the chief or some person, you know, Mm -hmm. waiting for you. Not always. Sometimes it's just the villager, the lookout person, right? That Mm -hmm. sees you and alerts Mm -hmm. everybody else. But there was this, he was kind of a little person. And he was a medicine man. And he was standing there looking at me, watching me walk toward him. He says, we've been waiting for you for a long time. And I said, how long have you been waiting for me? He said, we've been waiting for you 2000 years. (laughs) And I was like, I apologize for making you wait so long. Apologies for the lateness. My bad. Yeah, it is so cool. Now with your Kundalini awakening, it seemed like it started even before your ayahuasca journey started. It was interesting. Yeah, I really feel like it was that divine feminine energy that you're talking about um, coming through. And also I felt that deep rage, like all of a sudden, I started to see the way that I was had been being treated in my relationship. I saw the way that I was holding myself as not not valuable, as a servant, not as having any power in myself, just like such low self-esteem. And this energy just came rip roaring through me to say, fuck this. Absolutely not this ends here. You are a child of Africa. You are being claimed. You will not submit yourself to be a servant to a white man and you call him your husband. Absolutely not. It was just like, and then it just, and then my entire life burnt down. Everything that was, that I had built out of that mindset of I am unworthy was wiped away clean. And I had to grieve that life because I was so comfy being small. I was so comfy, not have, not taking up any space, you know, and to be called by the divine feminine, um, is to be called into your fullest potential, which can sometimes be a bit scary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not all divine feminine is roses and Mm -mm. fluffy clouds. FYI Mm -mm. listeners. Mm -mm. 
<laughs> oh, and I am so grateful for that death side of her because the destruction was so efficient. I was just like, yes, bring in the bombs. Let's destroy <laughs> it all. And, and with that death, with all of that death, came new life. And slowly, organically, seed planting by seed, watering these little sprouts, I have an entirely different life now that I created in consciousness, like with the divine, you know? This energy feels very much like Kali. Yes. Like you invoked her because this is what she yes. does. Yes. I know That's why I've never invoked Kali. But <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have allowed her to come forward mm, and mm-hmm. in situations where she showed up or happened to be there but I've never like said <laughs> you're like oh <laughs> no I'm like I've heard because I've heard other people do it and I've seen what happens and it's like holy shit I know total destruction <laughs> like, I like to release and clear stuff but um, I don't need to do it all at once that's okay yeah, I, I try not to do it that way, like as painful and destructive as that was. Like I'm really, and this is where like that qigong element comes in. Like when I practice qigong, it's like it's just something, it's just so much easier to not be attached to anything. So then things can come and they can go. And mm-hmm. your emotions are like more level and stable. You're just more able to be with the the flowing state of, of everything in your life, you know, and the constant changes. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, no more hardcore destruction. <laughs> and even if I think Kali came today, I think she would be like, hmm, not, not much to destroy here. Maybe just a little, you know, <laughs> a little bit of illusion. <laughs> I think would be to call on Kali and would be if you hit rock bottom already. Yeah. And you just have nothing left. And you just don't know where to turn and you have nothing else left to lose. That's when you call her in and, hey, clear all this shit out because I'm just mired in it. Yes. Right? That that feels like we need to call on Kali for it to like end white supremacy. Be great. Oh my God. Just destroy it all. And um, one of my teachers suggested I call on Sekhmet because I've never heard of Sekhmet. she is the Egyptian goddess of cutting through the bullshit. Mm. So she has a lioness head, you know, mm. and, and I called her forward and she says, Tina, she laughs heartily. She says, you already know how to cut through the bullshit. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, Sekhmet. But can always use some help, right? <laughs> always just a little, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I will never turn down the guidance of a goddess. Exactly. <laughs> you just say, come on yeah. in, goddess. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to offer me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So wow, your father is Zulu. How did your parents meet? Just curious, because I'm biracial too. So there's a whole mm. story behind yeah. that meeting okay yeah they met um so my father had left cape town and their family had moved to scotland for a little bit and then they moved to alberta canada and my mother was in alberta she has a twin sister and her twin sister had just had a baby so she was out there to sort of help her with the baby and everything and my aunt was working at this restaurant that was being managed by my father and my father was a dj and um, he was like this super cute African man. And then my mom met him and they were like, you're cute, you're cute, literally. And like six months later, they got married. And then like five months later, there was a baby, my brother. It all happened very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and ended blue, very fast. Oh, bombs yeah. detonated. <laughs> it was like Kali showed up again. <laughs> Honestly, I have I have the star of Saturn on my palm, which is the sign of like things will always break, like uh, and like there will be lots of destruction and 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 lots of intensity. And I do feel like that was the beginning because my father and my mother were only together for the four years that it took to create three babies, and then just pieced out. 
you know, and that was a huge influence on my life and who I am today. Um, but it's, it's through that. I think that's also part of like being a shaman is the wounded healer. We heal ourselves first. And then through that, we're able to heal others, but we have to go through those really difficult times. But it's worth it. Like what's the other option? Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. You can stay comfy and in a lot of pain, or you can face the good kinds of pain and move through it. Exactly. Yeah. That's healing summed up right there. Mm-hmm. Effective healing. Mm-hmm. You have a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it- my parents, my mother's Filipino, my father's American, they were pen pals. Oh. So she lived in the Philippines and he was actually in the Air Force station in Alaska. And they wrote each other letters. And then she had the opportunity to come to New York for a little while on a work visa. And she said, come on down to New York. Let's meet. And the rest is history. Really? Yeah. Are they still together? They, my father passed away 30 years ago Monday. Oh, actually. wow. So wow. he stayed till I was 18. And then he left. Oh, wow. Is he one of your guides? Do you communicate with him? No, he's up no. there hanging out on the other side. Like he's not, chilling. He's like, nope. nope <laughs> yeah. don't, don't pull me into the earth realm, Tina. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's very yeah. hands off, mm. like mm. sends me little um, signs that he's thinking of me, but that's it. No, yeah. no, no guidance or mm. anything. Well, I've got, I've got goddesses, so yeah, <laughs> they fill those shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So how did you set up this training with Zulu um, shamanism? How, how did that happen? How did you find them? How do you convince them to teach you? (laughs) I mean, how does this happen? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's actually a really incredible process because it's all led through your dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. you're, you're revealed this information through your dreams. So when I, so first I just like got a download that I needed to be initiated in my ancestral Zulu lineage. So I get that download and I'm like, okay, wow, wow. How do I do this? What do I do? And I start dreaming about what looks like my father in Sangoma African shaman gear. And I was confused. I was like, my father isn't going to initiate me and my father isn't a Sangoma. Um, but I kept dreaming about him in this way. And they say that you will dream about your teacher. And, um, I got the download that I needed to also make a film about this as sort of like a part two from my book. And I went onto the South African documentary filmmaker website and I was looking for a director. So I found this young man, this young documentary filmmaker named Zweli Banzi Shabalala, and he is amazing. And immediately we like have this deep connection and he um, loves the story that I'm trying to tell and has been making films about Sangomas because his grandfather is, is a Sangoma, is an African shaman. So he's like totally steeped in these teachings and have, has been raised with them for his entire life. So one day we're having a chat over Zoom and then his grandfather, this powerful shaman walks in and he looks identical to my father. And he's wearing the same colors and the same orange black head head thing that I had been dreaming about. And I saw him and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like you're you're the one. And I he doesn't speak very much English. He speaks ma- mainly Zulu. So I told Zweli Banzi that. And um, he told uh, his grandfather, whose name's uh, Baba Robert. And then Baba started dreaming about me. And he started to... Um, like Zweli and I were talking about where we, where ideally we would want to film the doc because it would be way better if it was in KwaZulu-Natal in, in nature rather than being like in Johannesburg in like a compound or something. And Baba Robert just opened up a brand new school in KwaZulu-Natal and he's like ready and he's excited to, to make this film with his grandson and with me. 
and he's so encouraging. He's like, you are, you have an African soul. Like you are coming to your homeland. Your ancestors are claiming you like this is happening. And he's so ready. And it's, and he also just fills me with so much faith in that the ancestors are going to make this journey perfect. Like, and at the perfect time. And throughout this journey, I've been getting my ass kicked a little bit in terms of my ego being broken uh, and being humbled. Like that feels like it's just a huge part of it. Like I, I have arrogance. I have uh, an analytical mind. I want to control things. And so even just this filmmaking process has been learning how to yield, yield to this divine feminine power that is leading me and guiding me and I can put my full trust into. Um, and so, and yeah, it's all kind of happening now <laughs> in the next month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. I am very excited and I'm also so scared. Oh, you're going to be fine. You think? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's a test of mind, body, spirit, strength. This is not your first rodeo. That's what another shaman said to me. She said, you know, you've, you've been preparing for this for your, for a millennia. You know, she was saying that like, even just recovering from the psychosis, like that initial calling, she was like, yeah, there's no way that you didn't have experience in in past lives. This year, I'm not an amateur. You've been preparing. (laughs) I've been preparing for this lifetime. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that I'm, I'm doing that's 2,000 years mm-hmm. in, in the, the making. making. Wow. There goes the 2,000 years again. Yeah. We're here for big things. We're not. We're, we're not. Make, right. And I wanted to mention that staying small because I was like that too as a child. Like. Mm. I was, didn't want to be noticed. I didn't want to be selected out of a crowd. I didn't want to speak in front of people, you know, Mm -hmm. but you, you, that's not the path to happiness. Stay small. The path to happiness is following your calling and taking risks. Yes, exactly. And like, it means becoming visible and And it means also taking on the responsibility of the community that you're serving. And you can't be, uh, you, you just can't act small, be small. It's just not who you are. If that's, if your role to play is of the healer. Right. Or the shaman. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. the shamanic healer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I feel like talking (laughs) to someone who's really on the same level as me. Well, I love it. I am here for it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So what a wonderful opportunity you're going to have. Um, I have not been trained by a Native American shaman or anything like that. I've never had the opportunity. I'm just mm-hmm. a city girl that grew up in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I found my Reiki teacher and she taught me. Mm-hmm. Uh, shamanic practices and I've been doing it ever since six mm-hmm. years now six years and 60 journeys wow <laughs> <laughs> 10 journeys per year and then they scold me if I don't journey oh yeah while. oh yeah you got to get into those alternate uh, states of reality like those what? being in those trance states are what heals your nervous system yeah, my power animals are the one. They're like, well, what what took so long? <laughs> you should be doing this more often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how you can be initiated in the spirit world, like how you can have teachers who aren't embodied in this material realm, how you can be initiated through spirit and and you know, the physical teachers that manifest. And um I I feel like what's happening now in terms of us taking up space and of training for lifetimes to be in this life right now, um, what I've been learning about is how, like with this climate crisis that we have, 
there has been um, climate change every 5,000 years or so throughout all of human history. And throughout each of these uh, massive changes in climate, lots of species will die, new ones will evolve, but it's the human beings who have held close to nature that have survived. Those who have strayed away from those natural rhythmic feminine cycles, uh, they die because they don't know how to adapt. And I think right now with this big climate change that we're about to experience, we are so, in Western culture, we are so far away from, from nature uh, and, and her innate wisdom that we need people like you, people like me are being called to this ancient work so that we can help guide people back to nature and survive this next huge shift that is inevitable. And right now, we're using way too many resources and we're when we're poisoning water and like all of this insane stuff is happening and we need to heal it. And this is a big job. This is a big job and we can't be small for that. So right. learning how to, to, to speak out, I think is so important and to do your work with confidence and to know that you have a place in this world. And like, I'm not woo woo actually, this is ancient. This is the earth speaking through me to save herself, right. you know? And I just exactly. think that, that, yeah, and I see it everywhere. I see women and men everywhere awakening to this divine feminine uh, power that is like the opposite of this toxic patriarchy that we've been subjected to for the last couple thousand years. Oh, yes. And we are going <laughs> to heal that one too. Yes, we are. I got the message today about my role in healing the masculine and feminine and bringing yeah. it back into balance into balance yes and like my question so was what is my role what is you know what's my role in this and they said well you've always been involved in this mm -hmm. I said okay so they're just saying you already know my dear yes you already know my dear <laughs> I'm wing I'm winging it kind of though <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have to, because like we said, like all of so many practitioners of these earth-based healing methods and shamanism were killed, were burnt at the stake. Thou hundreds of thousands of women in all over Europe, all in Africa, in the United States, in Canada were burned alive. So how are we supposed to train if everyone is dead? Like, I feel like it's a necessity thing that we're being trained from. Well, spirit. a lot of them have come back. Yeah. A lot of them have come back now. I've mm -hmm. met a lot of them through clients and students and wow, and this is not their first rodeo either, <laughs> but they need a little nudges and support and say, it's okay. You're mm -hmm. safe now. Mm -hmm. you're safe. Oh yeah. Because their souls are traumatized. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. in Charleston, South Carolina, which is the closest city to where I live when they sentenced someone to death like a pirate they would hang him but what would they do to a woman they would burn her and they would justify that by saying oh my religion that that i come from i was made in god's image and you came from monkeys so you must die anyone who doesn't follow my way you're dead. And guess what? We're back. <laughs> and it's not going to happen again. And we're going to oh, make sure no. it's not going to happen. Right? Yeah. yeah. We exactly. are awake and aware. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's, and that's true power. I, I have faith in that. Yeah. So who are some of your major guides that come through for you? Definitely my grandmother. She gives me instruction in my dreams and I call upon certain um, like immortals who are, I consider like I call upon their genius. Mm -hmm. um, so I call upon certain artists like Emily Dickinson, who was this, you know, Emily Dickinson, her poetry yeah. was like heavenly. And I call upon um, Nelson Mandela as well. I call upon his genius and his strength and endurance um, I call upon, um, oh my gosh, I can't, uh, Joan of Arc. 
Mm-hmm. Also, she was burned at the stake as a witch. Mm-hmm. I recently, I only recently came into contact with Joan. Um, she just came like rushing to me. And I was just like, oh my God, warrior energy, warrior energy. Wow. Mary Magdalene too. And yes, I call upon Mary Magdalene. One often. of my shamanic friends believes that Joan of Arc is a reincarnation of Mary Magdalene. Oh, wow. Wow. Same soul. Wow. Yeah. Mary Magdalene, I feel when I call on her, I feel this like this like juicy, almost like gypsy, very mysterious, almost like mesmerizing beauty. And like, yeah, I just and obviously the color red. I just it's just like roses whenever I think of Mary Magdalene. Oh, <laughs> there she is. There she She's be. right over my right shoulder. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> there she is. Yeah. So Zulu shamanism. Can you share some tenets of um, that practice and how yeah. it may differ from Native American shamanism or other practices around the world? Yeah, like well, one of the one of the things that I'll be learning when I get initiated is a certain kind of divination um, called throwing the bones. Mm-hmm. So for, for my initiation, I will have to slaughter a goat and that goat will be fed to my, tr- my community and my tribe. And I'll take the bones of that goat along with some other um, shells that I've been collecting throughout my journey, other little items. And you put it in a bag and you mix them and then you dump it on like a mat. And the way that they fall is um, you, you can, you learn how to read how all of these bones fall. And mm-hmm. that's a tool of divination. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this thing called spirit mounting, where you do allow spirits into your body. Let's just like I had experienced at the very beginning. And this is something that I'm really interested in because I feel like this has been happening to me whenever I act, whether I'm on stage or um, doing a film, there have been certain experiences where I feel like I, oh, I'm inhabited by a spirit. I'm no longer, it's no longer me acting. This is like fully embodiment of, of something else. And those experiences have always been so amazing, but you do learn, you do have to learn how to master, how to get them out of your body as well. Cause sometimes they're like, oh, an earthly body, you're mine now. And like, no, you have to learn how to like, no. So I'm excited to learn how to do that safely. Um, there's lots of dancing, um, like you will dance sometimes all night, sometimes for three days in order to enter into different trance states, um, and to reach into different dimensions. Mm -hmm. There's so much cosmology as well. The Zulu cosmology is, is so rich with the planets and stars and communication with the cosmos in that regard. Um, and then there's, you won't need to dance all night. You don't think, <laughs> oh, I love, I love this. You're like, re- you're giving me so much reassurance. <laughs> no, because I mean, the veil is so thin now the access mm-hmm. that we have is astounding right now. You know, we're going into the golden age. What took wow. them all night will take you 30 minutes. Wow. I mean, I'm hoping so. Yeah. This is why they call it the age of mastery. You know, the masters are coming back and, you know, like I said, we're, we're trained, we're experienced, we've been called in, Uh right? You've heard this over and over again. Yes, for sure. So it's so exciting, like, ah, to, to be dismantling all of this, all this illusion, you know, in our world. And then to be, a, to, to, to fear it because you're like, Oh, this is like so new. And then for on the other side to be this incredible divine feminine, just like waiting for you. It's just such a beautiful gift. Well, you know, um, I know for myself, I'm tying up loose ends. Mm. So mm. we're going way back to the creation of this planet and this solar system. So I'm waiting for the potential to come to fruition. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and then just cleaning up, cleaning up the lines. Like I took this painting class. She's like, clean up your lines a little bit, make mm-hmm. them sharper. 
Mm-hmm. Smooth them out. More in focus. Right, right. Just yeah. clean it up. And when you clean it up, it becomes more pleasing. Yes. To the <laughs> eye. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, I feel that. Well, definitely come back. And I would love to. I would love man, to chat again. You are going to get so much knowledge and wisdom. I'm actually a little jealous, and I'm not a jealous oh my God, come. person. I'm just totally calm. <laughs> I need friends. <laughs> All right, let's do it together. <laughs> when are you leaving? <laughs> June 24th. <laughs> June 24th. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about what I'm doing this June. Okay, you tell me. Okay. I will. I might pull you in. If okay. You have, if you're communicating during that time, I don't know. If you're going to be oh, yeah, Wi-Fi yeah, banned up. from the shamanic training. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any Wi-Fi, to be honest. But this I'm not actually allowed to speak to anybody. Okay, yeah, before I leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad, too. I'm so and, happy to be here. Um, we've got to stay in touch and work yes. together. And I would love that. When you're done, which is when? December? We'll see. It, it really, it depends on the ancestors. It depends on what they want me to learn. It depends on how receptive I am to these teachings. Let's wrap it up. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> she ready. <laughs> yeah. High, high, lo- higher, faster level. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. As long as you, it's not too much, you know, we don't want Kali level. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> She is present with me quite I a bit. I won't speak for you. You, yeah. whatever you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if, um, how, give us some info on how people could contact you or where they could find out more about the film or any yeah. of the projects you're working on. Yeah. So you can visit my website, dalemcleod.com, D-A-Y-L-E-M-C-L-E-O-D.com. You can um, get my album there called In Bloom or on Spotify or iTunes. Um, You can get a copy of my book, The Big Dream, My Terrifyingly Beautiful Shamanic Initiation into the Arts at thebigdreambook.com. You can check out what's happening with my documentary and also contribute to the crowdfunding campaign at colorededocumentary.com. And I've also, I'm also just starting to mentor people, um, creatives in how to work with divine feminine energy, how to stop hustling and start aligning. Um, so that is at divine, oh my gosh, I just made this website, embodiedfemininegeniuscoaching.com. So I'm just starting and I have about three spots if you're interested in working together. And I'm on Instagram at dale.mcleod. And I always answer all my messages and on Facebook, on the TikToks, on YouTube, I'm everywhere. And she's doing a million different things, y'all. Yes. But guess what? <laughs> she is enjoying everything and she oh has God. selected what she is doing. Oh, this hell is, yes. That's what I've, I'm doing too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yes. definitely. I want to hear your story when you get back. Um. You know, we won't you. rush. You maybe you need to integrate. Not sure, but maybe <laughs> we'll I'll put see. it in my calendar. January two thousand twenty-two. Mm, Email January Dale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Pick up on what she's doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been thank such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.